Alright y'all, this is your man L. Jamal back again for another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you lo- say what you want as long as you got them facts. Like I said, it was a jam-packed Saturday. A lot of stuff I wanted to still unravel with you guys. But uh, I came back to go over the infrastructure bill that was passed by the House yesterday. It needs to be signed by Joe Biden. I also want to go through some college football scores from the day, of course, in the top 25 also wanted to talk about the conference expansion going on in the non-Power 5 conferences. Also, we had some middleweight championship boxing. Yes, Canelo uh, did, his thing, did his thing tonight against Caleb Plant. So I'm going to be talking about all those things tonight. And uh, yeah, you know what? Let's just get everything going. All right, y'all. This is another edition of Never Out of Bounds. <laughs> Them hips when you pass, I'm visualizing my name tattooed on that ass, baby. Jump on this Harley, let's go smoke some of that Bob Marley. Sip some Bacardi, then go pull up at the after party. I think we make a perfect couple, but you think I'm trouble. Maybe that's the reason you gave me the wrong number. She got me feeling like maybe she the wrong woman. Think I'm a chasing the chicken head. All right, y'all. So the house, like I said uh, yesterday, uh, they finally passed an infrastructure deal. Uh, it was passed 228 to 206. Of course, this was uh, pretty much drafted by, you know, the the Senate kind of voted voted upon by the House. And now it goes to President Biden for the final, of course, seal of approval. Again, it's going to be worth one point two trillion dollars. Uh, 13 Republicans voted in favor of the bill, while six Democrats oppose it. We'll get into why that is the case in just a little bit. The bill has now, like I said, been sent to President Biden to sign. Uh, This will be pretty much making everything official. Uh, Included in the bill is $500 billion in physical infrastructure. This is the most that's been, uh, I believe, uh, the most that's been agreed upon in decades. That's what they're saying. You know, I don't know. I haven't been around that long. I've only been around for three decades. So, hey, what it is. Uh, Now, that includes $110 billion for roads bridges and other major projects uh, we also have 39 billion set aside for public transportation and also 66 billion uh, set aside for roadways as well as 65 another 65 billion to be invested in broadband development and another 55 billion for clean water all needed especially if you've seen what's going on in michigan right now uh terrible water systems actually in a lot of these states actually because a lot of their systems their water systems are out of date so uh, you had a whole a lot of contamination going on a whole lot of you know just non-access to clean drinking water so that's going to all be addressed um uh, the republicans uh, like i said they were mostly against the bill of course you had the minority leader kevin mccarthy out of california again kind of warning republicans not to go along with it however again that didn't you know however you had like i said quite a few well 13 republicans that felt differently it's a quote coming from uh don dakin a republican out of nebraska he went on to say i helped draft this bill to do a flip wouldn't have been appropriate uh it wouldn't have been right you vote one way maybe it hurts in hurts in the primary you vote the other way it may if you vote the other way in my district it would hurt me in general so that goes on to tell me that 
obviously that there was, I mean, again, this was a bipartisan deal through and through. Uh, that's what the Republicans are not trying to say. Uh, this was something that both parties agree upon. Now, uh, we also, again, this is some of what the Republicans are pushing back on. You had another quote from your girl, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene out of Georgia. She says, Republicans who hand over their voting card to Nancy Pelosi to pass Biden's communist takeover of America will feel the anger of the GOP voter. I, 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 what I take away is that, well, first and foremost, if the bill was truly communist, then you probably would have never had any Republican support at all. Meaning 13 Republicans, you know, signing up for the bill or signing, you know, signing in favor of the bill, or you wouldn't even have Mr. Bacon in terms of his, uh, or, you know, you wouldn't even have him participate and help drafting the bill. So I'm pretty sure that, uh, I want I'm going to go out on a limb here and say a lot of this uh, communist agenda by Biden is very hyperbole uh, there. You know, I, I, I don't see communism here. I've uh, you know, again, I don't know is everything that's in the bill, but for the most part, public transportation, clean water, uh, again, uh, roads, better roads. That's not communism, you know spending money to provide for that that's not communism again there's a little bit of hyperbole by the republican party again and that's kind of again it's kind of indicative to how they condition their voters again this somehow providing money to update the roads somehow providing money to update clean water that's somehow communism i don't know about everything that's in the bill but those are the main important parts of the bill and again if those weren't at least in the bill you wouldn't even had any republican support at all uh and let alone through voting for it again they probably would i mean again you had republicans draft this bill i don't know why they're acting like this wasn't something that they were a part of uh now back to the democrats that are against this bill uh casio uh others uh, casio and others uh they're primarily against this bill because they wanted the democrats to come back with even a, a bigger spending bill at least the senate uh and I don't know if that would have been agreed upon. I don't know if that would have been, you know, something that the Republicans would have been able to, you know, add in there for the, whatever their constituency is. I, I don't think it would have worked. I think we got what we got. And I think it's well within enough. Um, again, you can't put a real true price tag on clean water. You can't put a true price tag on peace of mind in terms of the safety of our roads. You can't put a real price tag on that. So to 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 say that we don't need this much or we need more, I you know I I don't think you know I think both sides are kind of wrong in that. Again, uh, the Republicans are going to try to tell you that you know this whole bill is communist laden and it destroys the national domestic policies. Again, I don't know exactly where every dime they're saying that every dime is going to go, but for the most part, it's going to go into the main infrastructure that's needed in this country. So. That's what I'm for. I'm glad they got at least that part done. And again, don't fall for the Republican jargon. Again, there's, there's, there's so much of this left versus right, Republican versus Democrat bullshit. Again, this bill, just like many bills that we've had, including the Voting Rights and Civil Rights Act, were, again, they've had to be bipartisan. They've had to be agreed upon by both parties. They've had to been worked on by both parties. So, again, that's reflective of us, of both parties being able to do that. So that is a good thing. I've spent a lot of time bashing both parties, but this is a, a sign that they can 
work to some extent. So don't believe the hype. Again, this was a bipartisan bill that Republicans helped draft as well. And again, they voted on the thing as well. And then on top of that, you I mean, because just because of the the weirdness of the Democrats, the Democratic Party, you had some of them against it. So, again, nobody's going to be officially 100 percent happy. But again, we got something and it is in the right direction. Now we will focus on that bullshit that that Biden is trying to push with that vaccine mandate to these companies uh, with 100 or more employers uh, that I am really rooting for that. He I mean, again, it's, it's been a freeze on that. We'll talk more about that. Uh, when we get a chance in my next episode. But again, for now, there's been a freeze on that. Uh, we have infrastructure, but now maybe we can focus on trying to make sure our rights are being taken away next. All right, y'all. I'm going to take a quick break and we get back. We're breaking down some college football. Like I said, a big day in the top 25. We had a bunch of upsets. Again, a few teams getting the job done. Uh, we're going to go over the college football playoff rankings real quick. And again, uh, like I said, we're going to have we're going to be talking about some conference expansion, too. And again, this time it won't be in the major conferences. So I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. y'all. Yo, a day in the life of a player named Quick I'm just a stubborn kind of fella with a head like a brick And just because I drink the egg, they say that I'm hoping But I don't give a fuck, so blame it on the locals Now this is how we do it when we check in a grip Teddy bears in the house, so don't even trip We're busting funky compositions as smooth as a prism So check it while I kick it to this funky ass rhythm It's Friday morning, the phone is ringing off the hook And AMG is in the gym if you're rhymes in this notebook Or should I take dope sack because we don't bust whack I pick up the phone and it's the G What's up, all right y'all we are back we're gonna break down some college football we're gonna start off with the scores uh from tonight and also uh friday uh, like i said it was all start off uh, last night with number 24 louisiana getting it done uh, against georgia 7 24 to 17 was the final score Moving on to Saturday, we get things popping off with number 15, Ole Miss, getting a dub against Liberty, 27-14. to 14. Uh, Liberty will be coming up in just a little bit in the news that I got for you guys. Uh, the first upset of the day will start off with unranked Memphis, uh, getting it done by three against number 23, SMU. 28-25 to 25 was the final score here. We also got number 10, Wake Forest, taking their first L of the season, this time to their in-state rival, North Carolina. 58-55 to 55 was their final score here. Wake Forest is 8-1 now, and North Carolina is now 5-4. Uh, for Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons were led by Sam Hartman, who will go 25-51 for, uh, for 398 yards. He would have five touchdown passes, but he would throw two picks. He was uh, he did have 78 yards on the ground, however, and two touchdowns. Justice Ellison would have 81 yards on the ground, and the leading receiver would be A.T. Perry. He would have six receptions for 129 yards and two touchdowns, and Jakari Roberson would have seven receptions for 111 yards and two touchdowns as well. Defensively, Wake Forest would get help from linebacker Ryan Sminda, who would have 10 total tackles. For North Carolina, Sam Howe will lead the way going 16-26 for 216 yards. He would have a touchdown. Uh, he would also have 104 yards on the ground as well as two touchdowns. Uh, running back Ty Chandler would have 213 rushing yards as well as four touchdowns. And it just seems to me that uh, Wake Forest's um, their Achilles heel has been their their ability to not stop the run. Uh, it showed up last week when they gave up 200 yards. I believe it was the pit. Uh, they gave up over 200 yards this time around. Uh, actually, way over, well over 200 yards this time rushing, and this time it came back to bite them. They gave up, they gave up six uh, rushing touchdowns again. Uh, Wake Forest can pass the ball pretty well, but you know, and they can score, 
but uh, defensively, you know, they're going to give up just as many points. That's not that's not super great. Uh, the leading receiver for the Tar Heels was uh, wide receiver Antoine Green, who would have six catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. And defensive back uh, Cameron Kelly would get two interceptions, and linebacker T Tamon Fox would get four total tackles and a sack. Moving on, we got Georgia getting a big, easy, but well, I wouldn't even say a big win, an easy win over Missouri, 43-7. to uh, We got Ohio State getting it done against Nebraska, 26-17. to We got number 17, BYU, getting it done against Iowa, Idaho State, excuse me, 59-14. to uh, We got Notre Dame. Uh, they are still in the top 10 mix. Uh, they they beat Navy 34-6. to uh, Notre Dame is now 8-1. Navy is 2-7. Navy had a rough day offensively, 184 total yards of offense, only 11 first downs. They were also 4-15 and 15 on third down. Again, couldn't really convert any downs, couldn't move the ball down the field, and of course, they only got six points. For Notre Dame, Jack Cone, Jack Cone will lead the offense going 23 of 39 for 269 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Rob receiver, oh, sorry, sorry, Rob receiver Austin uh, sorry, Kevin Austin will be the team's leading receiver with six catches and 139 yards. He would also catch a touchdown pass. Uh, we also got Kieran Williams with 95 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. And uh, we also got Logan Diggs with 59 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And defensively, Kurt Heinisch will get 10 total tackles and a sack. Uh, moving on, of course, busy Saturday. Uh, number 14, Baylor uh, Texas L here this time to unranked TCU. Uh, 30 to 28 was the final score. Uh, for Baylor, who was ranked number 14, they dropped a 7 and 2. For TCU, they get a good looking win here. Uh, they are uh, 4 and 5, however. For Baylor, of course, Jerry Bohannon led the, led, sorry, led the offense 14 of 20 for 214 yards. He would have three touchdowns, but he would throw two picks. Running back Abram Smith would have 125 rushing yards. Uh, Travis Ebner would have a rushing touchdown. And wide receiver Tyquan Thornton would be the team's leading receiver with 120, 121 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, tight end Drake uh, Drake Debney will get a receiving touchdown. And defensive lineman uh, Gabe Hall will get himself a sack. And for TCU, quarterback Chandler Morris will go 29 of, 40, 29 of 41 for 461 yards and two touchdowns. He would have 70, 70 yards on the ground. Uh, he was a team's leading rusher. He would have a touchdown there as well. Rob receiver Quentin Johnson will be the team's leading receiver with five receptions, 142 yards, and a touchdown. And linebacker D. Winters would have eight total tackles. And safety Nook Bradford would have five total tackles and a sack. Moving on, we got some more Big 12 action with number 11, Oklahoma, getting it done against West Virginia, 24-3. We got number 12, Auburn, taking a loss here to number 13, Texas A&M. 23 was the final score here. Auburn drops to 6-3. Texas A&M is 7-2. In this one, Bo Nix would go 20-41 for 153 yards. He would throw a pick, though. He would have 76 uh, yards on the ground. He, uh, sorry, sorry. The team itself would have 76 rushing yards, two turnovers. So again, you know, shows up in the final score, only three points. Really disappointing from Auburn's offense. But again, maybe Texas A&M was 
pretty damn good this year. Zach Calzada goes 15 to 29 for 192 yards. Isaiah Spiller has 112 rushing yards. Uh, Caleb Chapman will be the team's leading receiver with 77 receiving yards. And defensively, defensive back uh, Jalen Jones will have four total tackles and an interception. And Tyree Johnson on the defensive line will get two sacks. So again, good game from Texas A&M defensively, keeping Auburn to just three points, seventy-six total rushing yards. Again, the SEC defense is coming to play. Again, we have another big upset here to talk about with Purdue. They blow out Michigan State, forty to twenty-nine. Uh, Michigan State. Comes, came into this one undefeated at 8-0. Uh, they take their first loss here. Uh, Purdue is now 6-3. Let's break this one down as well. For Michigan State, they were led by Peyton Thorne. He would go 20-30 for 276 yards. He would throw two touchdowns, but he would have to pick. He got a rushing touchdown. Uh, Kenneth Walker would have 146 rushing yards and a touchdown. And Rob receiver Trey, uh, Trey Mosley will be the team's leading receiver with three catches. Actually, I don't think he was the leading receiver in terms of yardage, but he would have two touchdown catches. And linebacker Darius Snow would have 13 total tackles for the Spartans. For Purdue, for Purdue excuse me, offensively, they were led by quarterback Aiden O'Connell. 40 of 54 for 536 yards and also three touchdowns. Running back King Daru would have a rushing touchdown. Wide receiver Demetrius Bell would have 11 catches for 217 yards and a touchdown. Jackson Anthrop would have six total catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. And defensively, the Boilermakers were, uh, were led by linebacker Jalen Alexander. He would have nine total tackles. And defensive end Demarcus Mitchell would also get a sack as well. Moving on, uh, we got Kentucky. Uh, they come up short a little bit to Tennessee. They lose 43, sorry, 42 to 45. We got Iowa here getting it done against Northwestern, 17 to 12. We got Alabama here. Um, it took a lot. It wasn't pretty, but they did beat uh, LSU here, 20 to 14. We got Michigan getting it done against uh, Indiana, 29 to 7. We got number 20, Florida, getting it done against South Florida, 50 to 42. We also got Oregon getting another dub here, of course, uh, beating, uh, sorry, beating Washington. Their, you know, their Pac-12 rival, excuse me, 26 to 16 was the final score. Oregon is 8 and 1. Washington goes to 4 and 5. Uh, let's break this one down real quick. Course for Oregon, they were led by Anthony Brown. 10 to 20 from him, uh, 98 yards to the air. He would have a touchdown, but he would throw a pick. Uh, he always seems to look better when he has a rushing touchdown. That does seem to help him out. So he did have one of those. Travis Dye again. Uh, in the place of an injured C.J. Verdell, he's out for the year. But Travis Dye just keeps stepping up every week. 211 yards from him, and he would have a touchdown. Rob receiver Devin Williams would have a receiving touchdown as well. And safety, Jordan Happel will get an interception for the Ducks. For Washington, they were led offensively by Dylan Morris. 15-27 uh, for 111 yards. He would throw a pick. And uh, running back Sean McGraw would get 48 yards on the ground and also two touchdowns. And defensively, defensively excuse me, uh, Carson Bruner would get a pick for the Huskies. But again, it wasn't enough. Uh, I thought Washington, um, they had a few good plays in the second half. I thought overall the Ducks did their thing defensively. They looked, they looked, they seemed to have Washington out of sorts. Uh, Washington could not convert on third downs. They weren't getting a lot of first downs. They got a lot of penalties as well. And on the flip side for the Ducks, not a lot of penalties from them. Um, again, they probably could have scored. I mean, could have sc probably scored more points. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, a win is a win. 
And again, they looked pretty good in the first. Well, they didn't look great in the first half, but it looks like they're more of a second-half team. And when it came down to it, they they had a pretty good drive uh, to start off the third quarter. Uh, they shut. They immediately shut Washington down. So you, you can start to see the kind of the tide of the game change uh, right around the third quarter almost immediately. Uh, moving on, uh, we have another upset in the top 25. Number 25, Fresno State, goes down to Boise State. 40-14. We also got Tulsa uh, getting it done against, sorry, not Tulsa, but Cincinnati getting it done against Tulsa 28-20. to Now, let's take a quick look at the playoff rankings. Uh, this was the first one to come out. <clears throat> now, they usually come out around, around week 8, week 9. And, um, of course, this is subject to change, particularly with Michigan State just losing. Uh, but we do have Georgia, Bama, Michigan State, and Oregon. This was your first top 10. I think on the outside looking in, I think you had Ohio State and Cincinnati. Um, I think with Michigan State taking a L here, I think definitely you have Ohio State moving up, possibly Oregon moving up to at least number three. I don't know who really takes that number four spot. I will go with probably Ohio State. Cincinnati's still undefeated. I know people are kind of missed as a C, as a say, and like missed and, and trying to uh, missed by this and trying to figure out why if they're undefeated. I honestly think that, you know, Oregon's win against Ohio State was impressive um, enough. And I also feel outside. Well, you know, yeah, I know a lot of people want to dish or this on Oregon for that loss to Stanford, but I still feel like Stanford is probably better than just about anybody Cincinnati is facing outside of Notre Dame. And I think that's why you have what you have here. So we'll see how uh, the next week's how next week's rankings uh, turn out. I think Oregon moves up at least a spot with Michigan State losing. Um, I don't know who takes over that number four spot, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ohio State just because. Uh, they have so much more respect that they're going to get the Power Five conferences. For what it's worth, though, I mean, Cincinnati hasn't really lost like that in a long time. Like, you know, this is a long time coming from them. They haven't lost yet this year. Uh, they pretty much, I think they only had like one or two losses last season. So, again, this team is coming, you know, is making that, that corner, uh, making that change and be getting that getting some more respect. But, again, playing in the American Conference, they're not going to give them all the respect that they would want. And that's pretty much why they're on the outside in looking looking in, unfortunately. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But I think Oregon maintains. I think they go up to at least number three. Again, I'm just not too sure who goes into number four right now. Like I said, we had some a uh, little bit of news to break down um, in college football. Again, again with these uh, non-Power 5 conferences kind of expanding a little bit. You have teams jumping from conferences. So... I wanted to break it down a little bit. Um, we have uh, the com- we have Conference USA adding four teams, including Liberty, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, and also Sam Houston. They will officially join the conference in 2023. But Liberty, they are they have a all time record of 261 and 242, mostly as an independent. Oh, actually, uh, they were in FCS at one point in time, and they also actually moved to independent. Maybe I think I want I want to say a couple of seasons ago, um, and they have a two and zero ball record that. Uh, Again, that they got recently, <clears throat> thanks in part to their current head coach, Hugh Freeze. Um, Hugh Freeze is currently 23-8 and eight overall with the team. He's been there, like I said, for two seasons, and he's 7-3 and three so far this season. Um, last season, they finished 10-1, and, one, and um, excuse me, 
I think he's been there for about three seasons. Let me take that back. Uh, last year, Liberty would finish 10-1, and one, and they also ranked 17th uh, going into the final weeks of the season. So they were ranked for the first time. Uh, they, again, they have two ball victories. So, again, this is a program that is on the rise. So it will all make it will make perfect sense for them to, to join up with a conference. Uh, moving on, we got Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, uh, sorry, Alabama, the University of Alabama at Birmingham, not, you know, of course, the Crimson Tide. Um, and, of course, we have uh, UT San Antonio joining up in the American Athletic Conference uh, after they will they will be officially leaving Conference USA. Now, if Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee were to dip to the Middle American Conference, which this has been speculated, the conference will be left with seven teams, um, including the, the three teams that would join the conference, that being Sam Houston, uh, Jacksonville, and I believe New Mexico, of course, Liberty, they'll be joining those teams, and I believe it'll be other like, uh, sorry, they'll be the four teams that at, that were added, plus the three original teams in the conference USA, which I can't necessarily remember off the top of my head. But it'll only be seven teams, and if those two, like I said, if Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee were to go, this conference will be left with seven teams, and you need eight to uh, to be a to be a league in uh, the NCAA. So again, um. Who knows what the what the landscape, excuse me, what the landscape of college football will look like? Not even just you know with the Power Five conferences, of course, with you know Oklahoma, you know going to Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, and then you know what's left over with the SEC. They're gonna, of course, they had to make their additions. They had to add a couple people, and so it creates this this constant cycle. So who knows what's gonna happen next? Uh, we may have again uh, like we had in 2011, where we had conferences like the Big East kind of dissolve we might have conference usa dissolve in the same type of way uh we had the western athletic conference dissolve as well so we might just see that right now uh, we also got a few teams uh joining up in the sunbelt conference again um we have it will expand from 10 teams to 14 teams they added marshall old dominion southern mississippi and james madison again from the fcs i believe uh at one point old dominion was the fcs team as well but that was a few years ago a few years back for J uh, james madison they are a two-time national champion uh, champion last winning one in 2016 they also have eight conference titles of course this is on the fcs level going back to 2019 and they are currently 28 and 4 under head coach kurt um i think his name is signetti in his third season so again this team is really uh on the uptick as well again we're talking about a team that's won championships at their level uh the question is just like with liberty uh they're both virginia schools for one uh but the question is can they can they uh recruit i think that's gonna be the biggest question here can they can either one of these teams recruit decently on a on that big scale like this on the fbf scale that'll be the big question to ask i don't know the answers to that just yet no i don't have the answers i don't all right y'all i'm gonna take another quick break when we come back we're breaking down some boxing of course like i said canelo alvarez was in action tonight for the undisputed super middleweight title he went up against caleb plant of course he got the win and of course i'll be breaking it down all right y'all i'll be right back <laughs> Dios 
me quiere y si no mi amistad se la pierde. Muchos pollos que apenas nacieron ya se quieren pelear con el gallo. Si pudieran estar a mi altura, pues tendrían que pasar muchos años y no pienso dejarles el puesto. All right, y'all. So we're gonna wrap this up for tonight. Of course, like I said, Canelo was in a was in action. Middle, sorry, super middleweight undisputed championship heading uh, heading up against um, undefeated Caleb Plant out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I think Caleb was like twenty one and 0, 21 and zero with twelve knockouts. Right. Um, for what it's worth, I hadn't even heard about Plant to begin with. He came into this one IBF champion. Um. I mean, I looked over some of his fights beforehand. I mean, he looked to be decent. You know, I'm not going to say he was a bum or nothing like that. Um, But it was almost like from round one, you could kind of just see, like, uh, he wasn't on your boy level. You know, um, he came in there moving really well. I think he had, I, there's, I, think, I think there's some things that Caleb Plant does well. He moves really well. Uh, he has really good feet work. He has decent enough defense. I think he he moves his, his upper body really well. He got some decent head movement. That's what I saw. I think Canelo could have knocked him out a lot quicker if he was anybody else. Um, With that being said, there's some things that he just doesn't have. Um, He doesn't have a stiff jab. He doesn't have any type of power shot to kind of keep, keep somebody who's you know, after him, off of him. And uh, despite him having decent head movement and all that, I don't think he can block shots that well. He kind of, especially when the fight got later, when got late into the fight, uh, Canelo was just able to just time him really well. And he just kind of, you know, watched his patterns and got it down. You know, I don't think Caleb, you know, brought a whole lot else to the table. I don't think he hit super hard again. He doesn't have a right hand or a hook, really. Something to something to throw somebody off of him. So I don't think he was a bad fighter, but I'm not really convinced that he was all this great, this great, you know, world beater and Canelo, you know, had a, you know, all time performance. I don't say, I don't see it like that. Um, Canelo did his thing. Of course, he was a superior fighter and what you got is what you got. Um, Again, I I thought uh, Plant had a good start. Round one, uh, look, he looked solid. I don't think he won. I don't think he. I think he probably won at least two or three rounds in the beginning. Uh, maybe rounds two, three, maybe four. Um, I can only give him like maybe three rounds. To be honest with you, I mean he moved really well. I don't think uh, Alvarez looked, you know, amazing all offense at least until the knockout. Of course, he won by knockout in the eleventh round. Um. Yeah, like it was. I mean, it was a typical Canelo fight, you know. Um, I don't, I don't see where he was challenged like he was against Triple G. I don't see that he was challenged like he was against Daniel Jacobs. So again, I'm not, you know. Again, I don't want to take too much away from Plant, but again, I mean, what really did he do? 
I don't need to look at the, the copy box numbers because I know how Canelo outlanded him. I know Canelo landed the most significant shots. So what can you really say? What did he really do to test Canelo? What I mean, what is it that, you know, what is it that that fight gave to you that makes you think Canelo is, you know, even greater than what he has been or this all-time great? Um, I mean, he's beaten who's been in front of him. Uh, the Triple G series is going to stand the test of time for him. That's going to be one of his things he could lay his cap on. Uh, but Plan ain't the one to do it. I wasn't I, at, at after a certain point. I really wasn't impressed with Plant. Like the first couple of rounds, like, oh man, he, you he, you haven't been dropped. Um, you moved decently. I gave him points for that. But after a while, I was like, you're not really doing nothing. You're not hurting this man. Um, he's starting to crack you again. Uh, Canelo, he's you know he stayed going to the body because that's what you would do with somebody who bounces like that, who moves like that. You would go to the body and then work your way. So he did it, you know, straight to the book. So I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm not impressed, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I always respected his skill as a fighter, but it doesn't, it doesn't move the needle for me in, in, in the, in the upward direction. It doesn't, it doesn't move it even more for me. I just think he's, he's an all time great. Yes. Um, a legend, uh, you know, Hey, was it a legendary performance? I couldn't, I can't say that. And that's not taking away anything from him. I just don't think this was, a, you know, I don't think he was on the level. This guy, Plant, was on the level of somebody like a Triple G. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him if he ever does, if he's able, willing to do it. I want to see him fight one of the Charlo brothers, to be honest with you. I'd rather see him fight Demetrius Andre, to be honest with you. Uh, those are the guys that I'd rather see him fight right now. Um, maybe even taking a shot and, and maybe giving Bevel a shot. Uh, Demetrius Bevel, another uh, scary fighter out there in that 165, maybe 175 range. So, you know, at this point, I mean, what can you what can you really say about Canelo? Like he's beaten who's ever come up in front of him for the most part, except for Floyd. Uh, we do not that we do know that there is a difference between him and Floyd, but you know it's been so long since that fight, and he's done so much since then. And I understand uh, people want to crown him as the best that there you know the best that there is right now. Um, and I think in the weight class, I guess so. Like in in one sixty eight, I guess he is the man. Uh, pound for pound, I'm just I'm just not really that. Imp- I'm just not in terms of pound for pound. I'm not impressed. Um, you know, by what I've seen recently, we have, uh, we just had, uh, you know, um, we just had, you know, sorry, Fury and Wilder go at it. That one was a little bit impressive to me. We're going to have, um, Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford in the ring pretty soon. So I think those are other pound for pound fights, you know, in my opinion, I, 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 you know, again, it's just it's just part of course, you know, for for Canelo. Again, they put him in with, up against somebody that obviously fit his skill set, and he had a game plan to beat him. Again, like I said, I'm not gonna take anything from him, but it doesn't really add anything for me. It doesn't really say, oh man, it's the man that he was the best. Like, it, it wasn't this fight that did it for me. Like, I thought he was the best. I thought he was one of the best after he beat Triple G. I thought he was the best through those fights, and he earned that through those fights. Um, again. I wasn't impressed by by Plant after the first couple of rounds. Um, again, it was just an average fight for me. <laughs> I don't want to sound like that guy, but it was average, guys. Let's not um, let's not try to superimpose anything right now. Um, Caleb Plant, you know, not to take anything from the guy, twenty one and zero. Again, he showed some good things, but there's obviously some things that he needs to add to that arsenal. 
<laughs> he's not on Canelo's level. It's obvious. It's it's a night and day difference. And just because somebody has a belt doesn't mean a whole lot. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I rather, like I said, I rather see uh, Canelo take on Demetrius Andre, even even Bevo out there. Uh, I'd rather see him take on one of the Charlo brothers. That's kind of where my mindset is at. Uh, I was surprised. I never even heard of Caleb Plant. I was a little bit disappointed when I heard about this fight being made. To be to be to be quite frank with you, um, but again, you know they had that drama. They had the drama at the press conference. It's gonna sell the fight. You know, dude got slapped. Plant got slapped or whatever, and it was supposed to sell the fight, and that's what they did. But overall, it was a decent fight. Um, I'll give it a B minus, maybe C plus. You know, just because it just. Again, because of the, who the quality of opposition is, really, you look past all that, and just it wasn't just. I mean, it, it took eleven rounds. You know, it was, it was okay. You know, but Canelo did his thing. All right, y'all. I'm gonna call the raffle tonight. If you are looking to get in touch with me, of course, you can follow me on Instagram. I'll leave that link available for you guys. And that's it, y'all. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll highlight you guys later. And uh, my next edition should be back either. I should be back either tomorrow night or Monday night. Again, just going over some NCAA uh, basketball, of course. Uh, new season is on the rise. It starts Tuesday, so I want to get into some of that before the season starts. So I might be more leaning towards coming back tomorrow night. Also want to go over some NFL news and action as well. And, of course, I want to go into that that other, uh, that 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 vaccine mandate that I was so vehemently against that I talked about earlier. So I'll be talking about that soon. Um, again, I'll be leaving the links available for you guys. Like I said, if anybody hasn't told you yet, peace out, one love, and I'll let you guys later.